Hello? What's up, girl? What's up, girl? I haven't talked to you in so long. So good to hear your voice. I know. There's a lot been going on around here. Life is so crazy these days. It is. What have you been doing? Well, I'm here to start listening to this new podcast. Have you heard about it? No. What is it about? Honey, it is so good. Really? It talks to women's issues. Oh, yes. How to be in better relationships. Definitely it's brand new, so there's no telling what's going to come up next. What? You should really check it out. I am. It's called Talk For Your Ass. Spell it for me. Talk for your ass, A-Z-Z. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Girl, it is good. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, okay. Anchor, Spotify, anything. You can find it everywhere. Oh, I can definitely get that. Please, please go check it out. It is so, so enlightening, and I'm so excited about what's coming up next. I'm Googling now. Well, girl, it's about to start. Okay. So let me hit you back later. Okay. Love you. Love you, Peace. too. Bye. What's going on? Not much. Well, I want to, I've been asking my son, Mark, to be on my podcast because I felt that, number one, he's very articulate and I think his views are very important to especially the people who listen to my podcast, which is mostly single moms. Some married people, but mostly single moms. And first, I want to say that I'm extremely proud of my son. He has really um, made a lot of strides this year. And he is coming up on a milestone birthday next Wednesday. And I just wanted to take a little time to talk to him about the things that he has learned over the course of his life, things he's into. He's He wants to write a book. He's um, learning to be an electrician. So he's right and left-brained. Um, he's just a very exquisite human being, I think so. And... Oh, <laughs> I, think, I, I think that you have a lot to offer to the world and I think also that the the time period that you grew up in kind of lends to how your your generation came like right after cell phones and electronics and all this social media and all this stuff and I just like to hear from someone that's not in my generation how these things affect what you do. So first, let's start off by just telling everybody your name is Mark Cork. You are my junior, and you are my only child. Yay! <laughs> and just start off by telling people, you know, like. How did you feel about being an only child? Well, to be honest with you, I love it. It's it's a love-hate thing. And it's not a aim towards you or any person in general. It's more like um, 
it's fun to be able to have all my own things and not have to be forced to share them with somebody who may or may not value them like I do. But it also sucks because I don't get to, I didn't get to grow up around somebody who was family, but also had their own way of being. So when I leave the house, I'm in the solo dolo mode. I'm in the me by myself situation. And then I got to deal with people and my ability to deal with them isn't as, um, how would you say, um, it's exquisite as people who have brothers and sisters and have to deal with the nonsense and the tomfoolery that comes with it. So I could go to school and make friends, but when bad things happen, like people argue or fights or getting teased, it's not easy to be able to come back with uh, good quips or to fight back because I don't have any quote unquote training in that situation. So you believe like a lot, a lot of times you learn how to do a lot of fighting and arguing at home with your brothers and sisters. So then when you go out in public, you're kind of armed, so to speak. Right. And you know what's really hurtful and what's not most times for some people, because your family, like if you have brothers and sisters, they know how to get under your skin better than anybody else. So you kind of have a. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You have a, you have a certain level of defense against other people who you don't know saying and doing things to you because you know when you go home, your brother or your sister or both are going to say something you just really going to hurt your feelings. And these people can't say that because they don't know you. So you kind of build up a defense. Yes, an immunity, so to speak. Yeah, yes, an immunity to it. So do you, do you, so, okay, say for instance, I, this didn't happen, but do you think it would have been easy for you to meld with another, like say for instance, I married someone and they had children that were your age, do you think you would have been able to, you know, merge into the family easily or do you think it would have been difficult for you? As an only child, I think it would have been a little bit difficult because it would have been me trying to wrap my head around the fact that your attention wasn't on me all the time. Like it's not about just me anymore as a child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get used to having other people who deserve attention as well. And other people who do things that may be done better than I can do them. And sure, going into a family versus being born into one would probably give it, it probably would have given me a, a sense of like jealousy or maybe um, um, uh, insecurities and stuff like that. But that's all depending on how those people would have been in helping me through that or understanding or, you know, just, it, it just depends on how the dynamic would have been. Okay. But yeah, it would have been difficult. So, <clears throat> so now that you're the age that you are and 
um, we don't have a lot of family down here in Texas. So do you, do you find that it's easier? Like, so I, I, I know you, so I'm trying to build your personality with people who don't know you. So the questions I'm asking, I probably already know the answer to them. However, I'm going to ask them anyway to help the other people see who you are as a person. Okay. So mm-hmm. like we are both kind of like loner type people, but I think that although I am a introvert person, I still like to be around people. And there was a time when you weren't as introverted, but I think over the older you get, the more introverted you become. Am I correct? You mean just me or in general? No, you. Uh, kind of, yes. But that's just because my viewpoints and the way that I look at the world and how it is today, there are more people that I would rather avoid than try to initiate friendships with only Mm -hmm. because what I value differs very differently from a lot of the people that I end up around on daily basis. And nothing wrong with the differences is just that I want to be around people who kind of gravitate towards things that I'm into, but not not like all things. It doesn't have to be everything, but just um, a greater concentration of the things that I like that make me who I am. So do you think that, you're... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That kind of similarity in personalities is what I look for. So, I mean, I would like, like, if, like, I have, I actually do have some friends now, and hilariously enough, they're not into all the same things that I'm into, but they're into a few of them, and those few things have colored their personality in a way that I can relate to, and it makes it easier for me to be weird and talk about like stuff that people normally don't like to talk about, like science and deep thoughts and stuff that may or may not happen in the future and like just the weird things in life. So what do you, so what do you personally how do you personally view COVID nineteen? Like do you think it's a hoax? Do you think it's it's really exists and people um are not taking it seriously enough and um, especially in your age group what do you see in the people that are like in their 20s late 20s early 30 people oh we that's a loaded question all righty then so (laughs) this is the way that i feel about covid covid i think is real but i don't think that we as a society are knowledgeable enough about it. So a lot of the the lack of information that we have is what makes um, a lot of people feel like it's a hoax. And that's also 
because a lot of people don't understand history. So you can go back and look at other viruses like um, flu, the, the the Black Plague, um, or no, not flu, the Spanish flu and the Black Plague. And there was another um, flu epidemic in like World War II, or it was in the two or one, and it had the same effect on them as it did on us. Soldiers were coming back and they had masks on. They wore them like all the way in public. A lot of people wore masks. And it was a thing in solidarity because nobody wanted to catch it because it was killing people. So I think that a lot of the issue with COVID isn't the fact that it's not real. It's just the lack of information. A lot of people also don't particularly have a um, a firsthand experience with someone who has had it. And you also have to think about the fact that we live in an age where everything is super technology, super social media. So you spend all day, a lot, a lot of people spend all day on the internet and reading after stuff reading or reading or listening to people that they agree with or just like in general and that colors their um their perception of how the situation is and then everything that they do is based off of that perception and in turn it helps reinforce um, the echo chamber that they place themselves in because they don't listen to anything that disagrees with them okay sorry go ahead and then for people my age at first a lot of them were very um careful about being out in public with no mask and you know being safe but now that it's gotten to like the three month mark i guess they uh, a lot of people don't think that um oh i'm about to sneeze excuse me okay a lot of people don't think that it's um as bad <laughs> excuse me sorry Listen. they don't think it thank you they don't think it's as bad as it's made out to be and then you have to think about the a lot of news outlets <laughs> excuse me Bless you. Thank you. a lot of news outlets um cover this a lot so it's too much it's just too much darkness going on with uh, the coverage and then there's not enough information and then now they've kind of tried to lift this um, stay-at-home order and now all these young people are out here being young people because they're not used to being stuck in a house and not doing anything. I honestly think that until there's a vaccine and we see results from it, we should play it safe because if we don't, it could create a second wave because there are a lot of people who are asymptomatic. They don't know they have it. They don't show any sort of uh, symptom. And then it might be a strain out there that doesn't show up in tests because of the person that is infecting. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of, um, 
professional problems with this and a lot of there's a lot of stuff in the air and we don't know yet and I think that's the biggest problem is just that we don't know and people are just jumping to conclusions because they want to they want to be back to their normal life so how do you feel about staying home all the time is that a, is it an issue for you or how are <laughs> you dealing how are you dealing with it I'm writing all the time. I'm catching up. I actually finished this TV show that I have been wanting to see for the longest time called The Magicians, and it was the greatest ending I've ever witnessed. Like It was so amazing. It really hurt my feelings, though, because it was like a cliffhanger, and I know they're never going to make another episode, so I'll never know. But I like it. So I've I've been able to 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 do a lot of different things while I've been in the house. I've even been able to take my story and kind of fine tune the way um, the plot is and how the characters interact, their um, conversations. It's got a lot better. So I mean, I like I don't mind being in the house. But I also do want to be able to go out too. So but do you safety, find... safety okay. first. So when you say you want to go out, do you mean like go out with your friends or just go be able to just go to the I mean you go to the grocery, but you mean like go out and hang out? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've I've already I've gone out once or twice to hang out with friends just because I trust them and I know that those people were safe individuals who took this thing seriously as well. And that's also because they're a little bit older than me. Mm -hmm. So I felt safe doing that, but I would like to be able to go out and, and hang out in public places with my friends like, like we did before. So who are these people? I've never met them. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so we've we we're coming to, we're coming to a point in our lives where as a mom, I I'm forcing myself to allow you to make more choices without my input. Yeah, I try not to. It's very difficult. And uh, I guess the purpose of me actually doing this podcast is so that I can help another mom or dad who may find themselves in this situation where, you know, as a parent, you, you really just love your kids so much and you don't want them to make the same mistakes that you make. But oftentimes it's probably best that you allow them to make mistakes. So. I'm asking my son, who um, can answer this question, do you think it's best? And do you feel like you learned when I allowed you to make mistakes? Well, absolutely. I mean, how am I going to stop myself from bumping my head if I don't bump my head? It's like if you go work at a building and they have a door that's a little bit too small or a little bit too low, and you have to carry something through it, but you can't remember 
that the door is too small or too low, so you always keep knocking the door out. Mm-hmm. It's one of them things. You just it's it's just a, a a practice and repetition. At a certain point, I'm gonna learn that this situation has these factors, and these factors are the reason why I got knocked out in life. So now that I don't woke up. When I go back out into life, that particular situation, that left hook, oh, I'm going to dodge it. The right hook, I don't know, maybe. But the idea that I've gotten from how you raised me is that there are times where a parent cannot help but to warn and forewarn and try to stop you from doing something that most times both of y'all know you ain't got no business doing. But you still want to do it anyways. Some things, you got to stop it because you know there's only one or two outcomes and neither of them are good. But for other things, sometimes, yes, you got to let your kid bump their head. Because they don't remember having to hold that ice pack on that knot the whole time. <laughs> so then later on, they're going to do that same thing and be like, oh, yeah, man, I had hit my head and had a headache for like three weeks. I don't want to do that again. So it's, would you I say, think, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think I think both the child or children and the parent or parents should try and pick their battle some things if you know you can't stop them from doing it at least spell out all the different outcomes and the way that they happen this action will lead to this and it will lead to that which ends in this if this second action doesn't do that it might do this or this but it always ends like this. It just doesn't feel like it because it seems okay. But like I said, that's one of them things where at least if you spell it out for your kid, they'll be able to make a decision at a certain point in that alter in that situation where it gets close to the bad part at the end but they can stop themselves and ask you to come help them. So what would you say is one of the number one lesson that you had to decide, I need to, I need to get this one. I got to get this together because if I don't get this together, none of this other stuff is going to work that I want to do. What's the number one, one lesson? Ooh, that's kind of hard. I would say the number one lesson is to not procrastinate too hard. Some things you can, but most things you cannot. Matter of fact, the number one thing I learned is pay your bills before they do. (laughs) If you got the money to pay your bills, pay them. It might be difficult. You might have to go buy ramen. 
You might not be able to watch that TV show until you get paid the next week. But I'm telling you, pay your bills before they're due. Every single time that you can manage it, you do it because that will take a load of stress off your shoulders. I paid my rent two months in advance. February, I got laid off. And then the week after the COVID thing happened and they shut everything down. I was worried, but guess what? I paid my rent in advance, dog. <laughs> so I ain't had to worry about it. And then on my other bills, I could deal with them. And if I couldn't pay them right away, I could wait until I got more money because at that situation, they were giving, um, they were giving people leniency because of the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Not always going to happen, but because of the situation and how I set myself up, things worked out. So it's all about trying to set yourself into a position that if you fall, at least you got some cushion to fall onto. Because I mean, if you're walking on a uh, if you're walking on a on a railway, and on one side is cushion, one side is a bed of nails. Which side you want to try to fall on? Especially if somebody kicked the railing out and it falls and collapses. You want to fall on the cushion? Wanna... Hmm? Said so you want to be on the cushion. Exactly. You want them to come and kick it out from the cushion side so you can fall that way. So that's that's the number one thing. Pay your bills, pay them ahead of time, set yourself up for for being able to recover from whatever fall you hit, even if it's a slow recovery. A slow recovery is better than no recovery. So you mean like have emergency plans? Yes, emergency plans, emergency money, or just sacrifice. Sacrificing the things that you really want to have but don't need. Like internet, video games, cell phone. I mean, you might need your phone mm-hmm. to do your job, but situation is dictated by the societal point of point in time. So it's just one of them things where you want to be as prepared as possible because no matter what, being somewhat kind of prepared is better than not being prepared at all. I agree. So we're going to switch gears a little bit and we're going to talk about um, society and how they see black males. And one thing as a mom with a black son, I always, I know you probably like, why is this woman texting me? It's because Hmm. a lot of times when I don't hear from you and you know, you know where I live. So every time I hear ambulance or police cars going by, my first thought is somebody's son is being harassed. And I don't know why I think that that's the first thing that comes to my mind, but it also has a lot to do with the fear that I I try not to be a fearful person you know I mean you know me like 
I probably talk the most mm-hmm. trash, you know, but <laughs> I try not to I, don't know about that. <laughs> I try not to walk my life in fear, but I am concerned about your safety. And so I just wanted to hear from you, you know, how do you feel about being stopped by police and um, making sure that you know how to handle yourself when you are, if you are ever approached by a police officer where you're not angry that they stopped, but able to remain compliant so that you stay alive. Well, first things first, you get stopped by the police. All your pride, all that um, inflated manhood, macho bravo nonsense, cut that off. Immediately. Because ain't none of that going to help you. We are at a point in time where people are looking for problems. Police, regular people, your parents, your grandparents, everybody. Everybody looking for a, a problem at some point. Even if they don't act on it, they looking for a reason. And that goes for everybody. Even if you're the nicest person in the world, sometimes in the back of your mind, you be thinking, I wish somebody would try me. That's just human. That's what we all do. Especially for black men, I'm going to tell you, the moment a cop tries to stop you or talk to you, you stop walking, put your hands down to your side, don't move them. And you keep your eyes locked on that cop's eyes so he can see that you are respecting him. Because at the end of the day, you got to respect the police. That's how they respect you. I done been stopped by cops plenty of times in my life. And I ain't never had a problem with none of them. Only once. And that's because I got in a fight at school. So what can you do? And even then, I didn't get mad at the cop. I knew what I did. So you got to put yourself in a position where you are being respectful. You don't have to go to yes, sir. No, sir. You ain't got to do all that. If that makes you feel better in complying with his request as long as it's not something trying to hurt you or physically get you killed then say yes sir no sir just say yes no try to limit your responses turn off your car put your hands on the wheel don't even try to reach for your for your um for your license and registration in the glove box without him asking if he says, I'm going to need your license and registration, you'd be like, uh, yes, sir, officer. It's in this area here. Can I reach for it with this hand? So that he knows what you're doing. The idea is that you want to telegraph everything that you're doing to this officer so that he can feel safe and not feel threatened by you. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people do feel threatened by black men, especially big guys like me. It's just a look and feel. It's just how it is. So the best thing for all black men is to just show respect, 
do what they ask you and make sure they know what your move is going to be. That way, ain't no questions, ain't no suspicion, no doubt about nothing. If they tell you to get out the car, get out the car. If you ain't got nothing to hide, you ain't got nothing to hide. So it's uh, it's pretty easy dealing with police. I actually haven't been stopped by a cop in a long time because I just mind my business. I'm not trying to be boisterous or hard or nothing like that. I'm here. I'm trying to go do this thing and I go do that thing and come home. That's pretty much it. Do you feel like um, society is going to anytime soon uh, be able to deal with um, young people, young black males in particular, any differently? Or do you think it's going to take a whole new generation of people to change how you guys are viewed? Mm. I think that if in this generation more of us show that we are not the stereotypes that a lot of people are um, enraptured with mm-hmm. they can change their minds I mean if you think about how things were 100 years ago versus now yes it's still a bunch of nonsense going on but it's not as bad mm-hmm. for one we sure ain't slaves to be fair, everybody is slave. We are slave to taxes. So for, for, for black men, we just need to, we need to set examples and we need to stick to our word. We need to stick to that which makes us men, our word. If you say you're gonna do something, you do it. You don't always have to resort to violence. It's unnecessary most of the time. Only time you need to fight is if somebody put their hands on you. Even if somebody's trying to fight you and they haven't swung yet and they've been talking for 10 minutes, you shouldn't feel threatened. It's all about your perception of what is happening at that moment and knowing where it's going to go. Body language and the way people talk and act is the easiest way to to figure that out. So it's more like an age thing then? A, 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 Basically. Your age and, and your experiences. Yes. It's like me, I haven't had a lot of terrible experiences. I mean, I have, but not in the sense that it makes me want to be a stereotypical black person, so to speak, as they see it. Mm-hmm. I've been through some stuff, but I know better. That's the thing. A lot of people just throw knowing better out the window and say, oh, well, I don't care. This is how I feel. So this is how I'm going to act. So they don't learn from the lesson. 
try. Yes, just try to throw a little bit of logic in there. Try to think about it before you act on it. I what happened last time this happened. Oh well, this. What happened to me? This. I got in trouble. You don't want to get in trouble again. So why do it? I think um, bravado and trying to look cool for your boys is the problem. At the end of the day, your boys ain't gonna be in the same ain't gonna be in the same bus as you. That's the only thing that really needs to change is the whole bravado and if I don't do this and I'm not a man type thing. Like the fighting and the arguing and all the violence that needs to stop because it don't get you nowhere. So a sense of community. So do you think a sense of community causes a lot of those problems? No, not a sense of community. I mean the lack I mean I the think... lack of a sense of community. So if a person doesn't feel like they have people, then a lot of times they create this pseudo person that they use as their who the world sees when that's really not who they are. And so that's when you get these inflated personalities and this negative energy is because this person can't be themselves because they don't think who they are is good enough. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's part of it. It's mostly because a lot of young black men don't see other black men doing the things that like, okay, so for instance, you got um, some made up young black guy. He wants to be really successful. He wants to have this, um, he wants to have a business, but he's never seen a black man who's successful and have a business and do well in a corporate sort of way like in a in a building like a like a real building like uh like where your job is at mm-hmm. but he these other younger or maybe a little bit older black men on the street making money and they got all the girl they got stuff they got the stuff that he wants so he doesn't think about the fact that what he has to do to get what he wants in that that um that arm that not that arm that sense is illegal and violent and can get you killed. He doesn't think about the fact that there's a better way to do it where everybody involved can benefit to some degree instead of it being taken from people and hurting people and and hurting yourself. They don't have the right examples and they don't have the right influence. And then sometimes they just don't care. And I think that's just it's some of it is 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 fixable. You can you can work around that that desire for more. And instead of saying, you know, doing it quick and fast is like all good, but it's gonna be bad for you in the long run versus taking your time to get there and, and things being done right and everything going good. But you still get what you want. It just takes time instead of doing it right here, right now and hurting people for it. 
And I think that 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 speed of getting what you want right away is what gets a lot of uh, a lot of us involved in crime and selling drugs and all that nonsense. It's because it's a faster way to do it. And that's also um, influenced by technology because technology has made a lot of things easy to get, fast to get. Instead of back in the early 2000s when we wanted to go get pizza or something like that, you had to call them and be like, hey, we, we want to order this pizza. And they'd be like, oh, well, you have to come pick it up. And when they didn't have delivery and you had to wait and you didn't know until they called you to come get it. But now, I mean, you got it on your phone and you can get it delivered to you within 30 minutes instead of waiting an hour. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Everybody wants everything quick, fast, in a hurry, and that's the age. That is the the time in which we live when everything, all information is quick. Yes, the age of instant instant Mm -hmm. gratification. Right. That's why they call it Mm Instagram. That's why they do what? So that's why they call it Instagram. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. The name of Instagram mm-hmm. being instant message. Because uh, I guess Graham mm-hmm. is like Telegram. So they just mm-hmm. put the two words together. That's that's really a good research topic. Why did they name it Instagram? Just to see what the makers, why they came up with that name. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought it was based off of. But, Maybe. Uh, that's one social media I don't mess with. Okay. So how, how so how are you feeling so far about this uh interview? I know you were like, oh my God, why does this lady want to talk to me? But I mean, are you feeling comfortable mm-hmm. with it? Or you know, is, is should I be winding it down now? Because it's like 40 minutes, you're doing really great. I mean, I can talk all day. <laughs> you ask me a question and give me something specific to talk about. I talk about it all day. I I wasn't I wasn't particularly uninterested, but when you asked me, I was in my gaming part yeah. instead of my writing. Part. Okay. So I was gaming a lot. I had a whole gang of people that I was playing with, and we played a lot. So I was kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to do this right now. I'd rather go blow some stuff up on this game real quick. But now that we done wind it down and I don't mess with half of them people because they crazy. I don't really I don't really mind doing interviews. It's not a big it's not a big deal. Okay. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna have one more question and then I made up this little game that I want to play with people. Oh Lord. <laughs> just it's just like a it's just five questions, and you just pick one thing or the other. So I'll just say this or that, and then you just pick which one. But we're gonna do that at the end. So my last question is bringing it back to parenting, and I just want to ask you if you could list five things or less. It don't have to be five. Maybe maybe three three things that you in your 30 years of life you would suggest that parents make 
um, make it their priority to instill in their kids, whether the parents are together or separated. Give me your top three things that are most important that would have been most important or were important to you. Hmm. I would say number one, wanting to learn is never a bad thing. Not ever. If you want to go to school and you always want to go to school for the next 30 years for whatever it is you're trying to do, pursue it. If you only want to go to school for eight years and get your associates, but you have other things that work with that that can get you get you what you want, do it. Keep learning. That's the most important thing is to keep learning. Always try to learn something. Number two, it ain't anything wrong with reading. Please, for the love of all things good and gracious in this world, please instill into your children that reading is a good thing. They don't have to read all the time. But in those formative years, especially in high school or middle school, buy them the books that they ask you to buy as long as they're not no crazy books. Let them read them. If you, if you happen to be up at one o'clock in the morning and you catch your kid in there and they reading a book, let them, let them, let them keep reading. They're going to fall asleep. They might be tired, but they'll learn their lesson. Which goes back to the other thing we was talking about. Because you remember that time when you bought me them Harry Potter books from uh, uh, mm-hmm. Borders? I stayed up all night didn't even go to sleep at all and read the whole Harry Potter, uh, the fourth, the the Goblet mm-hmm. of Fire. That was probably one of the most memorable nights in my life because I was able to lose myself for six to seven hours in, in a world that helped me create the one that I'm trying to create. So get your kids interested in reading. Reading is a magnificent thing, even if they don't grow up to be writers or something like that. It it allows them to have freedom with their create their their creative abilities in general. It opens it opens your mind. It so opens your mind them. to other other worlds and ideas. You you visualizing something that's on the written paper. Yeah, it allows you to keep the idea of thinking about thinking outside of the it expands your vocabulary too exactly that's why I'm so good at being an electrician and then number three talk to your kids talk to them not not every thing that they do wrong is worth punishing. I actually read an article by um, a person talking about how every time your kid does something wrong and they tell you it's an accident, 
And I don't mean like every single time something happens. I mean like whenever they say it was an accident, whenever they do something mm-hmm. wrong. Eight times out of ten, it really was an accident. It just doesn't look that way because in the parents' mind, they get why this happened. So they can say logically in their head, they can make this logical statement that you were doing this and you didn't care because that's why this thing broke because I walk past it all the time where I've done things in this area that were strenuous and I never broke it. But children aren't that aware. They are aware. They know it's there, but they get lost in that, that imagination or that moment in time. They live in the moment. So you get lost, they get lost in that kind of excitement and stuff and they kind of forget things are around and they might break something or they might be in a situation at school where um, they get too emotional and they forget that fighting isn't the right way, but the things that are said are hurtful and that hurt plus the, the threat of several different factors makes them do something that's against the rules that you set for them. Always try to talk to your kid and understand where they're coming from because sometimes their reasoning, whether it makes sense logically or it's a little bit weird and iffy, that will tell you immediately if it's an accident or not, if they really meant it. Every grown-up who has a parent, I mean, yeah, every grown-up who has a parent, you can look back and remember the things that you've done that you got in real bad trouble for, but it was a real honest-to-God accident. Always try to remember that moment and give your kid the benefit of the doubt. Just, Just do your best to, unless it's a blatant mess up, and then, yeah, punish them, take their stuff. But always talk to your kids and try to show them that it's okay to be accidental because that's what life is. Life, all of this life is an accident. Everything we do, some of it is an accident. So so basically practice um, empathy. Yes, practice empathy. Empathy and sympathy. And And remember what you did when you were 6, 12, 15, 18, 20, 22, 25. Remember all those mistakes you made, mama and daddy? Everybody, Mm -hmm. basically everyone should allow other people to have their mistakes. And and to, and to yeah. be there but also on, on the other flip side of that though Mark as the parent is is being empathetic with you you also have to remember that just like you have the right to make mistakes they also have a right to ask you and to be given an opportunity to be heard as well like so it kind of goes both ways right it's like, mm-hmm. although we allow you guys to make mistakes like that, you also have to, I think it's just hard to redirect 
your disappointment or your oh my god this kid you know like you want the child to do right but then you know they're gonna make mistakes and you're at the same time like how do I reword this differently so that he or her listens to me listens to what I'm saying is it the way I'm saying it or do you let me let me ask you this do you think that when other people give you the same exact advice that your parents give you, is it the way the other person is saying it that makes you listen to the other person? Or are you really listening to your parent and you just choosing not to do what your parent is telling you? It's a little bit of both. It's, it's more like if your parent tells you not to do something and you don't no, like say okay well actually say like this say your parent gives you a play by play instruction booklet on what you want to do and they know you want to do it but they tell you not to do it you might read that and completely understand it but something in you tell like for me something in me would tell me man but maybe I can do it differently because, you know, I'm me and I wouldn't do it like this because you're not looking at it from the aspect of the end game. You're looking at it as I can change the steps to get in this situation and the steps that I take throughout it will change the outcome. Like, no matter how much you add up two plus two, it's always going to be four. So you say, well, why does two and two got to be four? It can be something else that, you know, I can change the way two, two and two are um, situated in the math question. It won't equal four. So you just want to put your own spin like, yeah, on how to get to the end result. Exactly. And you think that spin is going to change the end result. And then when somebody else tells you, hey, man, you might think that this book right here is bad. And it doesn't really work for you. But if you do all of this stuff, now say you go to point A and you do A1 or A2 instead of point A, this is what's going to happen. And then they break it down for you and show you that all of these different choices are going to end up at the end game in the same situation your parents told you. That will help you see that your parents are right. Now, it ain't always that great. Sometimes they'll just say the same thing your parents said, and then you'll be like, oh, man. Then they ain't lying. Sometimes it just takes a, another um, another person to tell you the same thing to make it stick. So it really doesn't have anything to, it doesn't have like, anything to do with re- that you do not respect the parent. It's just that you're trying to you just don't want to do it, basically. Basically, you don't want to do it. You want to do it your own way because you think it'll be different. But somebody else might say, nah, bro, it'll be the same thing every single time. No matter what you do, it'll end up the same way. And because this person who isn't your parent is telling you, because I know I know everybody in here, you, you tell your kids, you it's important to, 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 to be around people and to like other people, but not everybody's going to care about you the way your parents do. And they know this. So when somebody else tells you the same thing, 
with the same reason not to do this thing that your parents told you not to do, that also helps because this person didn't have to tell them and they know that they can tell. Well, so it's it's not always about the kid not respecting you or they not listening. I can remember a lot of things you told me not to do. And I've done them once, never again, because I saw that in step two, it was going to lead to step four. So I'm not messing with that. Back right out. Learn my lesson. It's just the structure of how life is for all adults and all children. We all done the same thing. You done it. I done it. Grandma done it. Grandpa done it. Auntie, uncle, cousin, niece, nephew, sister-in-law, brother-in-law, third cousin, 30 times removed. They done all done it. So it's more about as a parent taking what you know and trying to relate it to what you remember emotionally or logically from being your parents' kids. We all go through the same thing. Ain't nothing new under the sun. The only thing that changes is the time period. That's it. Well, son, I really learned a lot about you. I learned a lot about my parenting today and how good a job I did. (laughs) And um, Mm -hmm. I'm just very grateful that, number one, hearing your voice and um, listening to you explain yourself is is very helpful to me as a mom, especially in these times. And I'm just very grateful to be your mom. I wouldn't want to be um, anybody else's mom but you but yours and so I'm gonna start wrapping up this call and like I said earlier I made up this little game and basically the game is I'm gonna give you two options and then you just pick one or the other okay it's very simple to do and a lot of it is just based on things I know about you and I will use this game later on with other people as I interview them but uh, yeah so you ready <laughs> okay yep. so the first round is cell phone or playstation cell phone playstation sucks <laughs> <laughs> Indiana or New Mexico Jesus. New Mexico. Hamburgers or sushi? We talking about no, everyday? It's in general. Sushi. Africa or Japan? Japan. Facebook or Instagram? Oh, Facebook. Well, that's that's it for my game. So, was that boring or was that exciting? 
That was actually kind of <laughs> exciting. <laughs> I don't even know what you asked me between Africa and Japan. You absolutely know I love Japanese culture. I love African culture, but it's too hot there. I don't, I don't, I don't do the burning up. Outside. I don't do that. That's part of the reason why this whole sitting in my house thing right now here in Texas because I ain't got to burn up. Well, I appreciate your time. I respect your time, and I know you have other things to do. And we have totally talked for an entire Um, hour without arguing. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) I know I'm just messing with you. So, if you have anything else, uh, final words, or you're good? Um... I don't have any final words. Well, I have final words, and I'm going to say I love you so very much. You mean the world to me. And um, I'm preparing a special 30, dirty 30 for you next Wednesday. And and (laughs) you will definitely enjoy it. Okay? All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. So what did y'all think? I really enjoyed this one. I really enjoyed it. I'm not saying that just because he's my son. No, 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 no. I'm saying it because I really enjoy hearing him speak freely about what he thought, especially about COVID-19 and about things that parents can do to kind of see their children in their own eyes and having empathy for them and listening to them and talking to them, reading with them. We all need to try a little bit harder to be connected to people because sometimes people put up a wall and you think they're trying to keep you out, but really they want to let you in. Reverse psychology. People do it all the time. So yeah, I totally enjoyed this episode and next week, we will be speaking to Mr. Carrie Bradshaw. Batman travels on Instagram and Facebook. Um, he has another Facebook channel. It's called Carrie Bradshaw. Re- um, I was going to say Repographics. Carrie Bradshaw Photographics. And um, yeah, check him out. Um, you'll see the post on our Instagram page talk for your ass please please rate on whatever platform you're listening on please leave comments and let us know how you're doing and but until then i'll talk to you guys next tuesday please stay safe and stay connected peace